In a world where people strive to conquer the digital landscape, the best leaders are moving forward and planting flags. This is the Oil & Gas Digital Doers podcast, where you can hear about the thrill of digital victory and the industry's best guidance on how to win with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. All right, folks, I got to... I got to share something here with you because, uh, I, well, so I'm, I was just doing a little bit of uh, homework here to try to come up with, you know, I always try to come up with some sort of a interesting little opener here that somehow relates to whatever it is that, that we're going to be talking about with the guests, which of course I've already talked about with the guests because in case you haven't guessed, uh, we already, that part's already been recorded. So now, so now here I come in and I'm, and I'm looking, and so I thought, I was looking up, uh, so I, I was looking at my guest's name, which uh, I'm not going to give a well, it doesn't matter because you already saw it on the little podcast app. But anyway, I'm looking him up uh, because it's been a it's been a couple weeks since we talked, and I'm and I'm trying to have a little refresher on what we talked about. And um, and I found this uh, this little bit of news here that says that I guess it was about a year ago that he was uh, he was presenting at some conference in the Middle East, and he talks about and it says here on this page it says. Um, he his participation in the Dragon's Den style competition to present the most innovative technologies for the energy sector. So I, so this this might just be me, or it might just be because I'm in the U.S. Um, as I as I learned here, but I didn't know I didn't know what Dragon's Den like. What's a Dragon's Den? Like that sounds pretty intimidating. And so uh, so all of you, uh, particularly in the U.K., are probably chuckling at me right now. But so I, I looked up, so I'm here on my trusty iPad Pro and I, I, I open a new tab because I don't want to lose that other part. And and I and I search for Dragon's Den style competition. And the first thing I get, the first thing that pops up is a headline that says, and this is from uh, from August of this year, 2021, a headline that says Monkey Shoulder launches a Dragon's Den style cocktail contest. And now it all becomes clear. I know exactly what, what a Dragon's Den is. Um, for those of you who don't know, in case you're imagining that it's some sort of a actual monkey's shoulder, Monkey Shoulder is a, is, a, is a fairly, I think a fairly recent brand of scotch. I don't think it's been around that long. I think the first time I heard of it was a few years ago. I was at, at one particular little trendy bar here in Houston with a friend who uh, was of a comparable age to, to me. And, um, and there was a nice, a nice person, a nice bartender, uh, who, when I asked for, uh, for, uh, Johnny Walker Black, which Grant, I understand Johnny Walker Black is not the best scotch in the world, but everybody has it. it it's reliable. You know what it's going to taste like. You put a few ice cubes in it. It's fine. And, uh, and, and this, uh, person much younger than me looked at me and she said, um, well, we don't, we don't have that. And, uh, <laughs> and I said, of course, because we're in, we're in the trendy part of town and why would you have something, something so traditional? So, um, it was, and so she recommended, she said, however, I, I can recommend for you uh, monkey shoulder because it tastes basically the same. At which point I looked at her and I said, um, whoever told you that, it's not true. Monkey shoulder does not taste that. I'm not saying one's better than the other, but they don't taste the same. So stop telling your Johnny Walker black people. Uh, just, just tell them you don't have it and let them work it out for themselves. Anyway, now I understand uh, Dragon's Den. It's like what well, here in the U.S. we call Shark Tank. And... Um, and and so 
this this cocktail contest is actually really interesting. Um, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into that with you right now because I'm already three minutes and forty seconds in, and I'm supposed to keep it under five minutes. But um, but it's an interesting uh, interesting little article. Yeah, they put some teams together here to uh, some bartender teams to come up with. This is actually for del- home delivery, con- a contest for drinks that can that will w- work well in home delivery. I guess that's a big thing now. Everybody wants to stay home and have the drinks brought to them, um, uh, which kind of, uh, you know, is is sort of takes away a lot of the social interaction, but okay, fine. And uh, the winning team gets a lot of a lot of great help in building their business and marketing and all that. So anyway, now I know what dragons dragons den style contest is. But that is not what you came here to hear about today. So back to the program, which is, by the way, welcome to the Oil and Gas Digital Doers podcast brought to you by the very good people at Hewlett Packard Enterprise right here on the Oil and Gas Global Network, the largest and most listened to podcast network for the oil and energy industry. We love our sponsors at OGGN, as I, uh, as I always, as I always used to say, and I don't think I've said this lately, but without them, there is no us. And uh, Hewlett Packard Enterprise HPE is no exception. We love what they're doing for the industry. So go to HPE. Go to easy for you to say. Go to HPE.com and check them out and see what they're. Uh, it, it there's some cool stuff. I got to tell you, all that, all that like the computing power that's underneath all the cool stuff that we want to do now in this world of digital transformation. They are they're making it happen. In particular, look for for this thing. If if you've got anything at all to do with the edge, and and if you do, you know what that means, edge computing. And if you don't know what that means, then never mind. You skip over this part. But if you've got anything to do with that, look at HPE GreenLake because I'm telling you, they are branded to the party. And now, I am a little bit past my five-minute mark, but I think I can still uh, I can still make this work without getting into trouble. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the OGGN Spotlight, Mr. Gerhard Thonhauser. And that does bring us to our guest today. Uh, this is going to be a great one, folks. Uh, we're going to we're going to talk about some really cool stuff that's going on uh, that even I was not completely aware of. So it will uh, undoubtedly be uh, uh, informative and entertaining for everybody out there. I am uh, sitting here, as you probably just heard me say in the introduction before that uh, snappy musical interlude, I am here, as promised, with Gerhard Thonhauser, who is beaming in all the way from uh, from Dubai, I think. Is that right? Isn't that what you said? You're in Dubai? I'm living in Abu Dhabi, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Abu Dhabi. Okay. Um, so, and it is, uh, and it's late for you. It's early for me, and it's late for you. So, uh, so I appreciate you. I appreciate you giving away part of your evening to be on the show. And welcome, by the way. By the way, welcome to Oil & Gas Digital Doers. Thank you very much, Michael. It's great having me here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so the company is so your your company is TDE, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna learn we're gonna get into that a little bit more here in a second. But first, um, a little about you. So I I did a little bit of homework. I never have time to do a whole lot of homework on people, uh, also because it feels a little bit like like um, you know uh, like like I'm like I'm stalking them or something. But um, 
but I did see that uh, I'm, you're so you, you're a real relatively well known expert in drilling, particularly like drilling like performance enhancements and things. You had something like I was like forty papers published if, or forty publications. I remember which I looked at, which is a which is a significant amount, and um, and you've started this company. Uh, sometime here in the last uh, few years, and you're on the board of some things, and and there's a lot going on in your background. So what? So so what do you want? What do you want people to know about your story? Yeah, I got into this business essentially from a background. If I look back to my parents, it was grocery stores that we had. I ended up in petroleum engineering, but I fell in love with software very early in my life. I was one of these computer kids uh, uh, a while ago. And uh, when I studied petroleum, I got the chance to, to work in software. I very early got the taste that data could be, be a big differentiator. And so I ended uh, starting uh, together with my wife, 2000 uh, TDE, uh, on the basis of that, uh, uh, extracting uh, information out of data and to working for our customers with that. So, so that was the start, yes. Yeah, yeah. So... Um... And what year was it? You said when you start when you founded the company. Two thousand. Two thousand. So, so (laughs) that that's what I thought. So that's so that's twenty one years. And here we are in in the middle of the era of digital transformation um, in oil and gas. And it turns out that data is the thing. Like data is the big the big thing that it, it did. Did you see that at the time, or were you were you like one of the? Did, did everybody see? So twenty years ago, did everybody realize how how big uh, how important data was going to be uh, to the future? Yeah, I don't know. For me, digitalization started, uh, I think, ninety two. Yeah, when I wrote the first real time hydraulics algorithm uh, in a in a vacation training job that I got at that time, and uh, it never left me. Yeah, so I, I never I never got into another direction. I saw that the information that we can collect, and at that time everything was new. We had still paper strips that were printed on a, on a rig, not not electronic data. Yeah, just yeah. strip charts that were plotted into a big box and then and then hidden away. Uh, but then that's when it started, and uh, uh, it never left me. And um, uh, so it was it was uh, more than twenty years ago, um, you, long before people said we have to digitize. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, Okay, so uh, say that, say that again. What was the algorithm? A uh, real time? What was oh, that? It was hydraulic. So people uh, wanted to understand how you can calculate the pressure losses in the well uh, in real time, and yeah, that was yeah, my sure. first contact to all this. Yeah. So that was in '92. Yep. So wow. Okay, um, that's that's a whole other story. We we should do a whole, <laughs> we should do a whole other episode on what you did in the '90s, but. <laughs> um, uh, so interesting. And, oh, I forgot to mention that, uh, um, we are, uh, what, where, what is it you said that, uh, you're, you're, you're pretending that you are in something about a nice Austrian cafe. There was some sort of a cafe. You're, you had an office. Or, yeah. Or when, like when, yeah. when we were studying the, the cafe was our office. This is a, in Austria, you, you spend a lot of time in cafes. You just don't go there yeah. for coffee. You go there and, and read newspapers, play chess, do all sorts of things. So it gets yeah. like a living room yeah. for a while, yeah. So okay, so this is where. Um, so I was so uh, most uh, so some of my uh, faithful listeners know, and even the unfaithful ones probably know that. Sometimes I t- I, I always say that um, 
you know, we, we try to keep these conversations very conversational and, you know, it's kind of like almost as if we were in a bar talking about what's happening in the industry. And, and, but for you, it's that, it's that Austrian cafe. So, uh, which really works out fine for me because it is, it's like 1030 in the morning here and I probably shouldn't be drinking anything much more than coffee at this point. So the cafe, <laughs> for so me, the cafe and I still have a coffee here. <laughs> and you still have the coffee. Yeah. I, I really can't do that anymore or else, uh, it's, it has sort of a, gives me some problems. So, all right, enough of that. Um, We'll, we'll come back to uh, some of the stuff, w- what's happening with TDE. But but before uh, we get to that, um, we, you know, we were chatting earlier about uh, what's happening in the industry relative, uh, get to the, like the whole digital transformation thing. We're excited about it. We're doing it. We have this whole show dedicated to the progress of it. And yet we know that we still have a lot of challenges ahead. So today, just kind of focusing on on your domain or your specialty which is which i I guess originally was drilling but now you look at you're looking at the whole life of the well um what so you're you're in the middle of all that what uh where do you see the most value like the most potential for companies to like really um to to see see serious value on on what they're investing yeah we have a very very um good idea of of what is possible uh over our years in industry, we have been able to follow about 50,000 wells so far. Uh, and we have followed more than a third of all the rigs in the world that, that exist. So um, we came into the position to understand how, how good or how well you can do a well, yeah, as funny as it sounds. And uh, <laughs> there's a lot of potential that you can measure if you look into the, into the data that you collect while you're doing this. And you can extract this information. We created uh, this this whole concept and started, I think, with, with that product 2006 mm-hmm. and um, uh, brought uh, operations detection into, into the industry. Now, what is the what is the key goal? Yeah, the key goal is really very simple. You want to drill your wells cheaper. You want to be able to maintain your wells uh, more cost effective. You want to increase the production of the wells when they produce. And... I think a topic that um, really came into the picture very heavily in the past few years is how can we do all this with less CO2 footprint, yeah, which people um, yeah, sure. overlook a lot and, and has become a, a very hot topic for us, particularly in the last two, three years, where people say, yeah, you can measure the performance uh, and the efficiency of what wells or rigs do, uh, but how about uh, reducing the environmental impact? and uh, rigs uh, consume a lot of diesel, uh, uh, therefore emit CO2. So anything you can do to make wells more efficient uh, lead to less CO2 footprint, which is one of the of the key goals, of course. Now, yeah, no, it does. It does seem to creep into uh, everything. Uh, I don't. Creep's not the right word. Um, it does. It does show up. It shows up an objective in objective in almost everything that we do. Almost every episode that we have on these shows, people are people are talking about that. So, um, all right. So maybe this is a good time to pause. And uh, what? Um, because I, I want to get into the into some of those things that you mentioned. But um, but let me give you a chance to talk about TDE does what um you know in general yeah what we do uh, uh in general is that we we follow um rigs when we drill the wells when when they produce and and well service units when they when they service the wells 
Um, usually the core of what we do is taking the sensor data of these rigs live, finding out what these machines are doing, and based on that, um, evaluating how well the job is done. Yeah, usually when humans uh, handle these big machines, they introduce a certain level of uh, inconsistency to processes that you can measure. And based on that, uh, uh, we can identify how you can do certain tasks and jobs better. And then we, uh, uh, with our customers, uh, uh, improve improve the processes. Yeah, So it's all about consistency, perfection in execution, if you want. Yeah, yeah. So where where do you see? So as you as you're doing this with your customers, and you know here in recent times, where do you what processes do you see the most opportunity for improvement? Like, like where are we the worst? <laughs> where where is the, where is there the most um, uh, gain to be made? Yeah, there's there's two categories of of uh, problems that we have. One is. Uh, uh, what we call in industry lost time, where we where we really have problems. Yeah, something doesn't right. work, something broke. Uh, where we try to uh, simply avoid problems. Yeah, they can be equipment related, they can be well or geology related, and so on. The other uh, area which we have focused on very much is um, when we do our work. Yeah, do we do it at at the right level of perfection? Yeah. So what is good? That is the, the big question. And when you come to a lot of mundane processes that, that don't make any difference when, you, when, you, when you're there, yeah, uh, you see that there's a huge potential. I, I remember when we did our very first job, yeah, we analyzed uh, a few very long wells. And, and I said, you know that your, your connections, which is three minutes, yeah, are, are one minute too long. And the engineer at that time told me, it's just one minute. What are you talking about? I said, yeah, yeah but do right. you know how many connections you made last year? 140,000, yeah? So it's 140,000 yeah. minutes. And, uh, and that's a lot, yeah, in a, in a world yeah. where uh, on, a, on a very expensive offshore rig, the minute costs eight $900. Uh, you better know what you're doing. So that really intrigued us, and that, that was the foundation. So it's a lot of these rather mundane processes that, that you, you would consider routine, yeah? Yeah, so it's a it's the volume of of uh, the the total amount the aggregate in the aggregate they have they have a huge impact. Um, what so this is a, is this kind of gets to something interesting that we that comes up um, from time to time on this and also on the tech show where we say um, that it, after the twenty uh, fourteen fifteen downturn, kind of coming out of that. You know, it wasn't until probably 2017 that a lot of people in oil and gas started to really get serious about digital transformation. And what happened in the in the interim was that um, people sort of went into like some some of these, and I don't remember if we even were calling them digital at the time. Um, uh, in fact, I was explaining to somebody the other day that originally when we said digital, we just meant because it had digits on it, like a digital clock. <laughs> but <laughs> but now but now we have this whole other. I don't know if we were even saying that, but but there were some projects, some like like new modern computing projects that were kicking up prior to 2014. But then but then this downturn happened, and all those budgets got killed. And the way that people were looking at trying to improve these processes, they like, you know, this streamlining, tightening up the belt, because there's a sense that if we 
if we shave a little off here and a little off there, then in the aggregate, it's better. But they did it sort of like the traditional, what I would call the mechanical ways, right? The ways that they already knew how to, how to tighten their belts and streamline the processes and try to do more with less. Um, and that only got so far. Um, and, and it, that got them to where they could survive on, let's say, like we can we can live on fifty dollar crude or we can live on forty five dollar crude, but obviously Wall Street was not it was still not happy, and so more had to be done. So what um, what so so all of that all of that is I'm curious. What do you see as what what's so much better that we can do now with the types of things that you're talking about by being able to use this data and do new things with it? How how is that different from the traditional means, like how, how does that compare to the way people tried to uh, to make these process improvements prior? I think the the big changes that are happening now, um, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm doing this every day with with our team, is that we make a transition from essentially using data to administrate projects uh, to use data to improve projects. Yeah. In the past, a lot of information was collected just to have a report, to have a picture, yeah, to have, mm, to have a, right. a daily, uh, um, let's say, recognition of what was going on, and uh, that was not very fast. Yeah, when I started 20 years ago, we said, let's drill 10 wells, and well number 11, when we have learned enough, we're going to do better. Yeah. Today, people come to us and say, we, we drill one BHA, so we drill uh, a few hundred thousand feet. And the next run already has to be much better. Yeah, so right, it, right. the speed, the frequency, has changed dramatically, and you can only support this with uh, uh, high frequency data if you want it, high frequency processing. The biggest thing I'd say that we have started, and we're only at the beginning, is that we make uh, the results that we generate from the data actionable. That is the the big thing. So how do you get from a nice report to something that you can put to action? I think right. that's the key challenge that, that we have out there. And we're getting closer to that, but uh, um, the, the sky's the limit. Yeah, there's so much that can be done, uh, and we have uh, scratched the surface so far. Yeah, I, that, so that's an interesting point. Um, I remember um, some years back, I don't know, this is probably, um, I want to say 20, 2009, something like that. I was When I was working in, uh, in, in consulting, uh, you know, like like enterprise IT consulting. We had a, a client who was um, an operator, an oil and gas an EMP company, and um, they were working. It was over like a mid size, like a smaller mid size, and they were working really hard to produce these reports that the CEO wanted on her desk every morning. And so they hired us to do this project, and 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 it was difficult to you know at that time that you know their systems weren't really very well integrated, and we're, we're working really hard to put these reports together. And I, so one day I asked the CIO, who was the sponsor of the project, well, what, well, what do you, what is, what do you do with these reports when you're all done? I mean, when when she gets them, what does she do with them? And he said, well, they just tell her what it, what she needs to yell at yell at everybody about. So that was so. The whole purpose of the report was to know how, like, where where you didn't do well, and who do I need to go yell at, right? And so, um, so what you're saying is, w- we can get beyond that, right? We can get to where the output, the the report actually tells you what you need uh, yeah, it, to do. Exactly. See, it's, it's a bit what we are trying to achieve is a bit like a navigation system in your car. Yeah, 
yeah. you would drive from Houston to Dallas and then you would end in Austin and uh, and the navigation system would tell you at the end sorry you messed up you in Austin <laughs> you wouldn't be too happy yeah so you right. you are you are expecting yeah. that constant feedback that says oh uh, you you're off the road turn turn around yeah, go there uh, I think this actionable uh, uh, sense of uh, of information you want you want to generate. Uh, and it has to come at the ease of reading a newspaper, literally. Uh, so um, uh, the, one of the biggest mistakes I made in my life in the beginning was that I thought drilling engineers are analysts. Yeah. So, mm. You know, I teach at the university. Even then, you think that engineers are analysts. No, they drill wells. They're not analysts. Yeah. yeah. So they need information to act upon and not give them a lot of data and say, here is Excel and do number crunching. Yeah, this, this uh, doesn't right, happen. Right. And even I, I just want to, I want to say that if that's one of the biggest mistakes that you made in your life, then you are winning. You're doing much, you're doing much better <laughs> than what I'm doing. <laughs> but I, but I get, but I get your point. Yeah. They're not, they're not really as interested in, in the analysis component as you might yeah, expect again. to be. That's the point. This is like in the car. If I would give you the, the, the six positions of the six satellites that your, your GPS is currently seeing and say, do yeah, your numbers and find out where you have to turn around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Oh. Right. So, but, but, um, but that's a good analogy. So, because, um, it's a good analogy in that it breaks down at a certain point, which is, um, so the problem, so you're right. If, if my GPS did that to me, I would be a little upset. Like you had 150 miles to tell me that I wasn't going the right way. Um, but, but the, but the feedback loop in the, in the example of the GPS is extremely simple. Um, discounting the complexities of like the, the human brain and, and nervous system, the feedback, the feedback loop is simple because I see what it's telling me. And then like my arms and legs do what they need to do. Um, but the, the, the connection in something like this and drilling and having that real time feedback is, is not so simple, right? Uh, how, how do you, um, so, so now you're, you're sampling the data and you're analyzing it in, in, at very short intervals, but, but then how do you, how do you then cause that? I mean, this is a nut that a lot of people have been trying to crack for a few years, if I'm not mistaken, right? Absolutely. And, and. Uh, this is where, where we want to be. There's two big elements. They improve the process in the way you just said. And at the end of the day, the driller sits in a chair like you do in the car and, and drives the rig. Yeah? And uh, if you manage to help uh, the driller to make better decisions, to, to run the rig better, maybe even take some certain mundane tasks out of out of their hands, like you have an ABS in the car that helps you braking better. You have all sorts of assistance. Uh, right, 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 um, right. That that is where where you should strive to. I'm I'm not such a strong believer in a fully autonomous uh, uh, rig. Yeah, it's a yeah. very complex process. But if we start with these assistants, like you use them every day in in all almost every uh, toy electronic toy that you use today. Yeah. Uh, I think we can make an enormous step forward. And the savings potential, you asked me for assessment before, is, is 10, 20% immediately of yeah. time that you can shave off wells if you do the utmost uh, towards performance. Now, right. but we don't know enough about the process, yeah, which I think is the, the challenge we have. Uh, we, we measure a lot. Yeah, we don't record uh, um, sufficient data, in my opinion. We don't know a lot what's going on downhole. Yeah? That's one of our big uh, mm -hmm. um, right. uh, gaps that we want to close. 
So how do I understand what a 20,000 foot long drill string does in the hole? Yeah? How, do I, how do I run that drill string that I drive with my rig such that it does this in an optimum way? I need to know how it's doing. Yeah. 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 So, so you're getting into um, really the next thing that um, kind of in this, in this logical <laughs> thought process, which is um, the case for, for this is there, uh, the, uh, um, and the potential is there. And to some extent we have capabilities that we didn't have before. However, there are still some significant obstacles. Um, and you mentioned something. And, and so you were getting into that complexity right there. And also, uh, an interesting point, which is that sometimes we think we probably know a lot more than we know. Um, and, um, and you mentioned earlier when we were chatting about uh, people underestimating the effort to do some of this, some of this stuff. It's that it's, it's substantially, um, is that because we just, we just think too simply, uh, we have blinders on, like why, why is there so much underestimation of what it takes to get this? Yeah, done? we have- we are applying the concepts of, of humans. Yeah. So the human is a fantastic uh, uh, way of using very little data and making something out of it. And we call this experience. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you, if you try to do the same with a, with a computer, yeah, uh, at least when you train it with all the machine learning AI that we, that we uh, want to use today, uh, you have to give it the chance to have the same exposure and learning. And for that, we don't uh, collect enough data. So like I gave the example before, if I don't know what's going on down hole, yeah, uh, uh, this is like trying you to brake fast without having sensors in the wheels of your cars. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need to learn to uh, collect more data. I always give the example of, of uh, appreciating how much data Google Maps, for example, has to collect to bring you safely through uh, Houston to the destination you picked, yeah? back to the navigation example. Uh, it's mind-boggling what they know about the roads, the traffic lights, the roundabouts, everything. Yeah, yeah. We are far from mapping out our space the same way. Yeah? So you mentioned, um, yeah, that, I mean, it is, I, I've often thought about that. I've often thought about and, and the speed at which that, that stuff is being calculated, um, you know, and, and the real-time traffic data that's coming and the updates to the to your arrival time and the recalculation of the routes. And, I mean, um, yeah, it's uh, – I, it, I, I can't even begin. It's things like that that makes me think that maybe the matrix is real. But, um, <laughs> but, but you mentioned we need to collect more data um, – is it, it so? So there's one thing about collecting more data, and there's another aspect of like making better use of the data that we already have. Um, which which do you think is the most important at this stage? Should we should we focus on collecting on going out and getting more data, or should we be looking at the data that we already have and 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 doing new things with it? Yeah, there's there's both aspects. I think we are we are not utilizing a lot of data that is collected already. Uh, uh, it's a big big chunk of data out there. That people don't touch. You must imagine every half decent land rig in the world can give you hundreds of channels of data every second if you want it. Uh, the typical amount that we record is maybe 15, 25 yeah, in this range. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what is the core drilling process, but we don't listen to the rest of the machinery, uh, which then creates the problem. So I think there is a lot uh, to be done there. If you go offshore, it's thousands of channels that you can get. 
uh, to get a better understanding. And this is where the computer is, is simply a fantastic tool to learn more about the whole machinery and the connections uh, between the different elements. And then there is the data gaps that we have. Yeah, um, the biggest one that I see is is really downhole. Yeah, we we know a lot about the machinery. We can measure everything. We can put more sensors. I don't really see that we can make huge steps forward. If we use what we have, we're going to make big steps forward in terms of data. Now, where we have a big gap is downhole. Yeah, we don't have any real time information. We still rely on on mud pulses. Yeah, like more signals of. Uh, you know, your mobile phone, you, you're probably communicating at the uh, 100 plus megabits at the moment. Yeah. Right. Uh, now downhole, we, uh, and for these expensive operations, we are still pulsing between 5, 10 bits per second, not kilobits, not, not uh, uh, megabits. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can type that fast, I think, almost. It's yeah, probably, yeah. You <laughs> yeah. can type much faster. And, and so that that's really the challenge. Yeah. So it's a bit like driving with a car. Yeah. Where... You say um, the car is blindfolded. Yeah, you have closed your windows. You drive uh, 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 a few hundred meters, then you stop. You get out of the car. You orient yourself with a uh, with a with a compass, and then <laughs> a bit again. You drive another a few hundred meters. You get out. Where am I? And this is how we work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, the appreciation of of using the data, making it a a, a controllable machine. Yeah. I think right, we right. have not reached yet, and that would make the biggest difference, in my opinion. Yeah. So that would be, um, by the way, that particular method of driving would be particularly um, not ill-advised here in Houston. That would be not, uh, <laughs> you, would, you would not last long. But so why, um, uh, so what's the solution? to? Is it, I mean, is it because, is it, is it, a, is it an equipment constraint? Is it uh, due to the fact that we're so far underground? Is it like what's what's holding us back from collecting um, a, a more reasonable amount of data downhole? Yeah, I think it's a catch twenty two. Yeah, uh, you can convince, and you have to think of the driver, the driller. Yeah, uh, you can only convince uh, him and win his heart if you have a solution, an actionable item. As long as you don't have that everything that you do for him will just look like more work or, or analysis at the time when there's no time for analysis. Yeah. Right. And uh, so I think we still owe the driller kind of a solution that is an answer product. And, and this is really what we strive for yeah, to get closer and closer to that, to eliminate mundane reporting work, uh, um, find out what information can I feed to him and to the system to assist him uh, to make his life easier. If I can manage to do that, um, I win his heart, and he will be a better driller. Yeah? So, so what? So what does win a driller's heart? What What have you given drillers that have like really made their eyes light up and and make them excited? Yeah, I, I think the first uh, thing uh, again, I, I love these comparisons with with car racing because that's kind of kind of a hobby. Yeah, is when you when you start measuring what you do and you make you make it explicit on how you perform. Yeah, that was. M- a big eye-opening thing in in our early days when we just said, "See, this is what you're doing." It's like when you go into a race car and you you do your first laps, you see, and then you get out of the car and just say, "The guy says, yeah, I know you drive cars for twenty years, but uh, you know this is not how you brake." <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> right, now, right. In and in essence, it's this. They do a fantastic job, yeah. But um, how do you go back and say, "Is there a better way of doing it? Can I do it differently?" And when you put this attention out there and you show this 
and say, like, like a mirror, and say, this is how you do your work. Uh, most people already have an, uh, uh, an, an kind of a, a golden nugget in there and, and improve yeah? immediately. Because right. yeah? right. you show them in numbers what they're doing. Yeah? And I think this was, this was the, the, the biggest begin, uh, uh, experiences in the beginning. Now, of course, you evolve from that. You say, yeah, it's not only what you see uh, yourself when I show you in the mirror, uh, now it's the question, can I bring uh, know-how and knowledge from other places, other crews, uh, other rigs, other places in the world maybe where it applies to you to make your job better? How can I, how can I preserve and communicate experiences yeah, and best practices if you want? I think yeah. that's the, the big new yeah. topic, yeah. I think the – so a big component of that, what you're describing, is you have to actually – you have to actually be out there in in the in the in this case the drillers world, but I think in terms of all the digital things we're trying to do across the industry, um, it, it can't be done from uh, from a, a think tank or a lab. You have to actually be at you have to you have to be in their world, and you have to be able to see what they're doing and. Um, Otherwise, you're not going to know what's going to what what's going to really be absolutely. You see, yeah. the the it's another big learning in my life is you see uh, data science or data business is not theoretical. Yeah, again, right. it's very practical. You need to understand the people, and this is where a lot of of uh, let's say companies struggle offering these services. Yeah, they come from a data science background. They go to a rig and say, "Give me your data. I will tell you what to do." Yeah. Impossible. Right. Yeah? Yeah. If you don't understand the poor driller, if you've never driven a car, yeah, it's very hard to advise a car driver. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. I think this is this is uh, one of the core problems. Yeah, that we have to to address is how can I get the user, the driller, to work with the uh, the one who makes the solution. Yeah, to have something that that adds value. Um, now we are fortunate because we are. That's why the company is called TDE, Tonehouse Data Engineering. In the beginning, we are data engineers. So we combine the data world with the drilling engineering world. So uh, the grow of our people is, is petroleum drilling engineers. So they understand uh, what we're doing yeah, in terms of data. And this is key. I think this is one of the uh, – it's not an IT problem that we're trying to solve. It's a, it's a user problem. It's it's really a, a, a drilling problem. Yeah. And – IT is only a means to solve the problem. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned earlier when we were chatting, uh, you you use this uh, term "experience driven" as it relates to drilling. So I think that's that's kind of what you're describing, right? Absolutely. And the question is, how do you capture experiences that usually, especially especially the experiences that the guy has in his stomach? Yeah. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's explicit knowledge that you can write down. Yeah. But there's a lot of of things that we do. Uh, but we we would be hard pressed to explain why we do it that way. Yeah, it's, it it is like that is the answer. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and to capture that, yeah, is is really one one big task. And then uh, again, bring it across to the next person so that we accelerate learning. I think it's all about that. Yeah, frequency, like I said, has increased. We simply don't have the time anymore to have somebody 10, 15 years on a rig. To be considered the experienced driller. Yeah, uh, we. This is where we are knowing what, for example, in our case, fifty thousand wells have shown uh, um, is is of value. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the um, 
that's the thing is is and that that shows up all over all over the industry as well is that we yeah we don't have we we don't have the time to let and it doesn't matter whether it's you know in in seismic or reservoir drilling right any other engineering disciplines we there's all this historical knowledge that people have in their stomach as you say and uh um but we're not the, the, we i we can't just like it was somehow along the way there hasn't been a good flow of that um you know or a good you know transition of experience to um it's like the only people that have have there's like people that have 20 years of experience and then there's people that have two years of experience and then what happened to all the people in between how how I, i'm not sure how we got to that point but that's that's uh, do you see that as kind of a, the problem like there's this experience gap right the biggest challenge we have is that nobody documents this yeah i, I remember right. a friend of mine he teaches he teaches in in saudi arabia now we met uh, again almost 20 years ago and and he was coming to me and said yeah i'm doing all these geomechanic models and and uh I'm improving the model by reading the morning reports that the drillers write. Yeah, and uh, if they say I have a, a a problem in the well, I consider that problem. And I said, yeah, but have you ever asked the driller whether he's sure that this is the problem? I mean, this is a few kilometers down the hole. What what do you think he knows exactly, or does he just put down his best guess? Yeah, and he was totally puzzled that we don't know. Yeah all the problems that we say, yeah, it's a bit harder to pull the string, but what really uh, prevents the, the string, the drill string from being moved? Right. We don't yeah. know exactly. Yeah. And, and uh, so how can we capture uh, this, this uh, experience is, is a big part of it. And this is again, where uh, my request for more data comes in. How can I document these events better? How can I uh, essentially describe them in, in numbers if you want? Uh, even in words, if you if you uh, um, use uh, all the technology that is around, um, uh, sometimes in noise, yeah, uh, whatever. Uh, but we need to describe these problems, categorize them, and then learn from them so that we can improve uh, the next time it happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, that's good. I think um, it's funny because we hear people. I mean, you know a day doesn't go by in the industry now that you don't hear somebody talking about doing something with data, um, you know, and all these new solutions and all these new products. And then people, are, and we got data scientists running around all over the place and we got, but, um, but uh, it's, it's, but it's not, it's, it's still very, I, I wonder sometimes that, that people are spending, uh, are too focused on one specific, like I need the data for this one specific use case or this one particular, um, you know, nut that I'm trying to crack. And, and, um, and because you can be relatively successful in a fairly short period of time, right? Like mm -hmm. I can, like I can come into, to a potential customer, I can do a proof of concept or something like that on one specific thing. I got the data and, and I can show value on that one thing pretty quickly. But what you're describing in terms of really getting all the data that helps you understand an entire experience and not, and, and, and what causes different things to happen in different ways. I mean, that's a, that's a larger problem to solve, right? Yeah, there's, I would say there is a, an overarching concept of, of using information to solve problems. Now, uh, one of the challenges is how often do problems happen? Yeah? Uh, yeah, and, right. uh, do you have enough sample yeah, uh, yeah, data to, yeah. to train something? Yeah? 
uh, I had this one one uh, student experience where somebody came and said, I will do a well control machine learning thing for for a customer yeah, or a, a research partner at university. And the student was gang-ho about all this. And then he said, can you give me the data of the last five years? The, the, the client said, uh, yes, we can. But, you know, we never had that incident in the last 10 years. So you will not be very happy with the data. So, so uh, <laughs> that, that really yeah. describes it very nice. Uh, yeah. uh, a problem that is very common in another place might not apply in in in, uh, in, in that case, like I, I was giving. So uh, I think this this is challenges. Yeah. So again, you can just uh, and this is one big thing. Uh, a mission that I'm on or we are on as a company is how can you get people to and companies to to share more data? Yeah. Because you need a, a quite a significant universe of of, of information. So. Uh, I'm, I'm postulating, say, collect more, share it, learn from it. Uh, there will only be uh, good results if you can if you can feed uh, whatever whatever AI uh, machine learning you have with uh, uh, with lots and lots of, of different cases. And in some places, they're very rare, so you need to get uh, uh, much beyond that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's actually good advice. Uh... Maybe well, I'm not quite ready to wrap up yet, but 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 we're getting into the wrap up zone. Um, but it makes me think of this one other thing, which is, in order to do that, what you what you just said so nicely, I think we got to get over some of our hangups about how much it costs, right, to do some of this stuff with data. I mean, um, it, it's uh, we we're, we're we're pretty we're pretty happy to spend hundreds of millions or billion dollars on a well but but when we talk about the cost of data to do the things that you're doing we we kind of choke on that in, in the industry in general right yes but uh, i think the the um you have to see it from both sides yeah as long as you only sell data collection and putting data into some database and, and storing it away i understand it's, what people are scared yeah, yeah. sure yeah, as yeah, long yeah, as you sure don't uh, come to the point where it generates value. And this is uh, the monkeys on our back, I say. Yeah, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Is, right, right. You have to show that. Now, but there is many, many uh, uh, cases where uh, this is very, very possible. And that problem that you that you uh, described to say, yeah, why do I collect data, um, um, goes away immediately if you can show these results. And, and there is big universes, like you can improve the process, like we just discussed. The other big area is, uh, we talked about navigating a car. Yeah. The other question is: did, Are you using the right car to do a certain uh, tour? Yeah, like, you don't right. want to get your Ferrari out of the garage if you have half a meter of snow. Yeah. So uh, that's the other question. Uh, like, I see a very, very big area for improvement is the whole procurement process, which today is not performance-driven de facto. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. You fulfill the technical specs, you get the job if you're the cheapest. Nobody right. asks the questions whether whether it's the most efficient machine that I can get for the job. Yeah, yeah, and it's that yeah. you can massively support with the data like like we have. Yeah, I know the fastest right. trick on the planet. Yeah, um, yeah. so that information uh, is another avenue where you can generate uh, uh, value immediately. Yeah, but again, you are in a space where you have to change certain processes quite significantly. In this case, procurement. Yeah. And um, so, uh, but it opens huge opportunities, yeah, where 
where uh, a lot of money is is uh, is hidden. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Right. No, you're right. We do, there there is a sense of we have to. Um, yeah, there's been so much data that's been collected already that perhaps the budget holders feel like it hasn't really there hasn't really been any value from that. So, and that goes back to what we were saying earlier about not only about using getting more value from the data you have, but also collecting more. Um, I have been I've been reminded that uh, we're we're supposed to mention uh, you guys have a, a product launch or something coming up, right? You wanna you wanna talk about that real quick? Yeah, that falls perfectly into our discussion. We're going to release a new product uh, actually next week. Yeah, that takes care of, of uh, the human reporting. Yeah, so uh, we we found over the years that one of our biggest enemies is is writing down what you're doing on the rig. Yeah, we have we have uh, augmented this with the uh, with the operations recognition that we that we created in the early two thousands. Right. Now. Uh, but in the meantime, we are in, in a position where we can write uh, uh, like the human report uh, with the machine. So we can give a very accurate picture and take that problem away. So you don't have to sit down in the morning and sit for an hour in your cabin and, and write down what you have been doing the last 24 hours. Uh, the machine tells you what's going on. You can uh, add to that and, and then feed your reporting system automatically. Uh, um, and that that I think will will make a big big difference because it opens uh, the avenue to automatic reporting in the sense of right. even getting paid for a week. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, so you're talking about. I mean, there's going to be a lot of broken hearts out there to not have to wake up every morning and do the morning reports. I mean, I think people live for that <laughs> experience, right? That's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Remember why why was this invented? IDC morning reporting was made as a ticket. Like when you go to the restaurant, you get your ticket and this you had yeah, a soup, you yeah. had a soup and you had a steak, yeah. Now right. no, I, I don't think anybody's gonna miss it. I'm I'm joking. I think I think people are gonna be <laughs> very happy to not uh to not have to deal. Probably the only people that are going to be really uh, disappointed are the pen manufacturers, right? Like, like Bic and, and Pentel and those guys. Cause they're not, cause think of all the ink that's going to be saved. Yeah. But imagine the power of this, uh, Michael, if you would get uh, the grow of the world reporting the same way, how much comparison you could make, how much learning you could make. So the power of something like this, and we are very hopeful that this is going to be another, another big breakthrough for us. Is is to say, can we harmonize maybe across the world? Yeah, how people talk about drilling. Yeah, because if you can do that, you can do. You have the entry to that massive learning that we that we yeah, mentioned. Before. Yeah, that whole that whole being able to understand and document the experience starts to become a. Uh, not as difficult uh, or, or, or it, it actually starts to become possible, right? If you, mm -hmm. exactly. if you can, if you can look at it and I would imagine that that's going to speed the time to value. So as you go, as, as different companies uh, try to uh, uh, engage these methods of doing things, the, the time for them to see ROI is going to be much shortened if it's not a different exercise, you know, a unique exercise for every, for every operation. If people can, um, I'm, I'm kind of projecting out into the, into the future there, but it seems like there's a lot of goodness in that. Absolutely. It saves time. It saves grief in the morning, like you said, and it generates, it generates a homogeneous yeah, yeah. set that is unheard of. Yeah. Fantastic. So that's a, that's a, that's a new product, right? From TDE. That's, is that's it TDE supervised, which is coming out actually next week. TD supervised coming out next week and, and a whole new world of not doing, uh, 
tedious morning reports. Okay, so now I am going to wrap up. And but this has been really uh, thank you for making time. It's been really interesting. Um, anything else uh, that uh, we can tell people about? Obviously, we will put a link in the in the um, in the show notes to your company's website and to your LinkedIn. So for anybody who wants to go read those 40 publications that you have. Yeah, we have a LinkedIn site. We have a website uh, and you're very much invited, uh, all the audience, to to visit us. Uh, And uh, we're glad if we we can follow our mission to empower you to outperform. That's our motto. And uh, we see data as a tool uh, to uh, make this place a, a, a better one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very good. All right. So... Uh, and digital transformation going back even long before anybody called it digital transformation. That's a great story. So Gerhard Donhauser, did I say it right again? You said it right. <laughs> I know the accent is probably is probably hideous, but but I'm doing my best. So thank you for uh, thank you again for making time. We're going to let you have the rest of your evening back. And uh, uh, thanks very much, Michael. Thank you very much for the time. It was a pleasure talking to you. Well, there you go, folks, Mr. Gerhard Donhauser and the end, potentially, of all of these uh, tedious report fillings out that people have to do. Uh, imagine, imagine the time that could be saved and put to better use uh, with something like that. So uh, that is uh, that sounds like digital transformation to me, which is, of course, what this program is all about. So that is going to wrap it up for today. Thank you again to our sponsor. HPE, we love those guys over there, and uh, they are just doing some great stuff. Um, you know, they are friends of the oil and gas industry, and so I'm just going to say that they are friends. Ooh, there goes the old text message. Um, they are friends of the oil and gas industry, and they are working to make it better. And uh, you should check them out. That's that's all I'm going to say. Thanks also to our audio fixer guy, Mr. Mac Roman, who makes us sound fantastic. And The next time you hear somebody uh, complaining or criticizing or perhaps writing some sort of um, paper about how the oil and gas industry is not making enough progress in digital transformation, just send them to this podcast where every single week we get to hear about people in the real world who are getting digital done. Come back next week for yet another exhilarating expedition into the very real world of the best digital doers in the oil and gas industry. A production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.